0: Thursday on WEI. That's the reason Boston fans get skittish. And it's time for the most feared hockey analyst in America. That's good hamburger, but it's not steak. Former beast defenseman and head coach Mike Melberry. They're a freaking mess. You make a comment about the great one and not be 100% positive. <laughs> I was, I, I needed a cup of coffee, to be honest with you. Right now on the Craig Hill Morning Show.
1: That time of week, the great Mike Milbury on the Harbor One Hotline, Bruins Thursday, by the way, presented by Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh since 1860, the best hockey interview in my book and the entire, entire North America. Mike Milbury, it's an honor to talk to you. I'm Rob Bradford, along with Ken Laird, who you know very well. Mike, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, Ken, I don't know if you want to kick things off or not, because I think that you have things top of mind right now. You are very passionate about this subject.
2: Well, I, you know, I think I think the marshand is that what you wanted to start with? Yes. I, I think the Martian comments are interesting. He was very outspoken, Mike, as you know, about being shut out of the Olympics, as all the NHL players were. Did that surprise you, uh, how attached he and some others uh, seem to have been to playing in the games?
0: No, I think anybody that's an athlete – wants to play in the Olympics. And and first of all, I think it's great that he spoke up. I think it's terrific that he has enough courage and and strength of a conviction to pop out. I mean, we're, we're all sort of running and hiding from this thing. And I'm not sure why we should be afraid of getting a mild version of the flu or a cold or whatever the hell is going around now. And these are sort of once in a lifetime opportunities and they're going to miss out on this thing. And, uh, if they're willing to go, I mean, take whatever risks you feel is necessary in order to play in the Olympic games, which is a real highlight of any athlete's career. It's a shame that they can't go. And, uh, you know, I get it. On the other hand, I get it. There's still things that we have to worry about with this, with this variant. But, um, I think it was great that he spoke out. I think that it was great that he had the courage of his, of his convictions. And, and, uh, Unfortunately it's not going to make a one bit of a difference
2: do you think winning Olympic gold for some of these guys means as much as a cup
0: I do I do I mean you're on you're you're on the international stage and and when the Olympics are played with a full slate of professional players it's the the ultimate in terms of of the best players being available in a tournament I mean there you have a Russian squad filled with guys like Ovechkin you Bobrovsky, you, you're, you've got a great team. You've got a great team of Americans. You've got a great – it's just – it's the international elite. And if you can pull that off with a gold medal in front of a, a, huge, a huge audience, uh, I think it's probably right there with, with a Stanley Cup. And, you know, people that played in the Canada Cup uh, way back when, guys like Bobby Orr always talked about that as being just as significant as the Stanley Cup championship.
1: Along those lines, uh, in terms of how everyone's treating what's going on now, how do you feel like the NHL is, is treating their current situation?
0: You know, well, the, the problem with the NHL is that the Canadian version is really just they're they're in hibernation, basically, up there. I mean, they've, they've taken it so seriously. And, and, and going to Canada, if you're a team from the States, is – is really dangerous in terms of stalling your whole season. If you get caught with COVID up there, you can, you could lose guys for weeks on end, but the NBC NBA seems to be handling it a little bit, a little bit better. A little it's a little more free flowing in terms of the schedule. And, um, I'm not sure exactly why they both play in indoor arenas, but the NHL has taken on a, a far different and more stringent approach to this thing. And, uh, I'm not sure it's, it's certainly going to catch up to the Bruins. I can tell you that when they play 29 games and and I think it's 60 days at the end of the season. That's barring any kind of additional games they might have to play because of postponements. So it's been a, a tough haul for the for the NHL, and some of it is, has to do with Canada, and some of it just have to do with their own decisions to handle this thing in a certain way.
2: Anything good you can see coming out of this for the Bruins, uh, Mike? I mean, they haven't played in a couple of weeks. It's hard to. Predict what they'll look like when they return, but you know, with Tuca coming back potentially, is that a possibility that this might work out in their favor?
0: I really don't know how to answer that question. I mean, they, I it, they're, they played what? How many games have they played? Twenty-six, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's just been—it's really they're way behind in terms of games played, and uh, the crammed-up schedule is going to really catch up to them. Tuca Raska's presence. It's a wild card right now. He hasn't played in a long time. He's going to wind up, I heard Cassidy say yesterday, he might wind up playing a few games in Providence. But three goalies, and we've talked about this in the past, that's just a recipe for a problem. They're going to have to find a way to whittle down a goaltender, whether it's Swayman going to Providence or Allmark being traded. But the three goal, goaltenders together, just you can't practice well. You don't get enough playing time. It's, a, it's an issue. But they seem hell bent for leather to, to bring this guy back. But as far as the whole picture is, the, Bru- the Bruins are not a guaranteed slam dunk for the playoffs right now. They have too many issues, too many holes in their lineup, and uh, you know they've, they've got a lot of catching up to do. So, however they come out of this break, they've got to come out loaded for bear if they think they're going to make the playoffs.
1: Well, I I want to follow up on that. With the Rask situation, you know, you said it's a potentially uncomfortable situation, and they seem intent on fitting this guy in. And without understanding and having seen this sort of surgery, I know the guy who did the surgery. I've seen other athletes get this surgery and say, hey, you know what? We got Tuka Rask coming back. Here you go. Like, he's going to be awesome. He's going to be the number one. Doesn't it seem like cart before the horse a little bit?
0: Well, it does. And, you know, I mean, we've seen Tukarask play. He's he's a good goaltender. Sometimes he's a great goaltender. But you don't get inspired by Tukarask at any juncture. And that's why I thought they were moving on. I thought it was time to move on. They had a pretty good run with him. And now it's time to move on to somebody different. So, And why would they sign Olmark if they if they were going to go back to because They could have stayed with Vladar and been just as... Fine, and waited for Tuca to come back. So the decisions to bring Tuca back are are puzzling to me. Um, Will he make a huge difference? I I don't see it. I don't see it, especially coming off surgery. usually takes a guy uh, a couple of months at least to get back into it. But um, it looks as if this is the path that they're going to follow. And uh, it's a a head-scratcher for me.
2: We're talking to Mike Milbury here on the Greg Elm Morning Show on the Harbor One Hotline. Now, Mike, the Winter Classic is a go. 7 p.m. Saturday night. A low of minus nine in Minneapolis. Coldest outdoor game ever. What do you think of this idea? And were you a part of any of these uh, broadcasting in the past?
0: Yeah, I, I was there at the first one, which was in Buffalo, and it was a cool event. It was the snow was falling. It was kind of a snow globe effect. But they've overdone it, and it's you know finally it comes down to it's not a very good setting for a hockey game and people and i'm talking about from a player perspective you're, you're talking about incredibly cold weather and how people are going to react to that weather on the ice is you know anybody's guess and from a fan perspective it's a horrible place to watch a game you know i get it that they're trying to sell it and some nostalgia and all that stuff but i've seen enough i mean i i, I like to see them take a vacation from the outdoor game for you know five or six years and make it be a unique event again, not just a, here's another
1: one. Mike, you're going to have to bear with me with this one, because one of my favorite Boston sports moments is 1979 when he went up in the stands and beat a guy with a shoe. So my question to you is if 2021, 2022, Mike Milbury's playing right now, that whole situation unfolds, would you do that again?
0: <laughs> I mean – I didn't know what I was doing at the time, and if I was in the same position and I saw my friends up there in the stands being harassed, um, I probably would have joined them. Would I have taken off a guy's shoe? I don't know. This was just a, a moment of convenience, and and uh, I've told the story before. I was I was in the locker room. I didn't I didn't climb the glass like the other guys did. I, I just I just walked back because nobody came to join me in the locker room after the game, which was right before Christmas, and we're all happy. So I went out there, and all of a sudden, there was a huge mess in the stands. And I walked up there, and if I had a chance to do it all over again, would I have hit the guy with a shoe? Well, I don't know. I would have still gone up to the stands and tried to protect my friends who were in the middle of a brawl against, like, 18,000 New York Ranger fans who were crazy, so... I can't answer the question with certainty, but I'm pretty sure I would join the fight again if it happens. Well, I, was,
1: I mean that's good. I mean it, we can't worry about what's you know optics or anything else. It's all about protecting the teammates. And I can say this: like if nothing else happens in your life, we know that that act will never ever happen in sports again. And I think that you should be applauded for it for the exact reason you said. You just were it was a guttural reaction to protecting your teammates. So I applaud you, Mike Milberry.
0: So. <laughs> Thanks. It, it's been a long time coming since I've been applauded
2: for that.
1: <laughs> well, there you go.
2: Do you give O'Reilly more props for climbing the glass then? Is that what you're saying? Like, you you kind of wish you could have climbed the glass there.
0: Well, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll talk to Terry about it sometime and ask him because I, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, <laughs> the, the fan stole a stick and, and it was threatening to hit Terry. And he, he, that didn't bother him at all. But, of course, Terry is completely fearless. And He had this incredible sense of what's right and what's wrong. And obviously he felt the fan was wrong. And so he was going to take action no matter what the consequences were. And I can see that happening to him in in any circumstance in his life. And, you know, that's why he was such a unique player and such a, a fearless leader.
1: All right, Mike. Well, thanks so much, man. You made my year. You made my year tell, re, rehashing that story. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the insight. Always good stuff, and I hope you that you have a great New Year's Eve and a great New Year coming up. We look forward to talking to you coming down the, down the road here with Greg Hill. Yeah, let's get rid of this COVID crap, Yeah, let's right? get rid of it, right. Exactly. Exactly. Mike, thanks right, so have much. Have a good, healthy, and happy New Year yourself, guys. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, buddy. All right. Great Mike Milbury. I, I mean it, too, by the way. He made my, he made my year just talking about
2: that. Like, the, the, the hit with the shoe is not that – like, I don't think that's a knockout blow with the shoe. It's just the it's just the demoralizing nature so, of it if you're the guy,
1: right? So, but I mean it. Like, so here's the thing. I remember – just bear with me. Jody Gomes comes up to me one time. He said, you know what? Two records will never be broken in baseball is like what? It's like Cal Ripken streak and, and me for the most hits off the catwalk in Tropicana Field. Wow. Like and so when it comes to Mike Milberry hitting someone with a shoe, that will never happen again.
2: <laughs> it will never well, happen I don't know. again. We had the malice in the palace. I mean like no, but, but But the but you're saying specifically the shoe. No, there was yeah the shoe.
1: And so obviously a part of that equation, and I, I'm glad he answered the way he did because You know, and part of my question was, well, you have people of mass and everyone's worried about everything, about interactions. But he, he said exactly how I thought he would say it, which is, I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm just thinking about going up and protecting my teammates. And... That's great, but that doesn't happen a whole lot. Yeah, and especially they, they will never ever. Yeah, you can have maybe someone will go in the stands after a fan. I mean, we have, like you said, the Malice and the palace. I remember going back. Cedric Maxwell went in, in the stands against the Sixers, but you'll never have somebody take a shoe and then beat someone over the head with it.
2: Maybe in the next Bills uh, Patriots playoff game. That's why no, that game it, means it, so it, much. And, and
1: by the way, I, I I gotta look that up about what was he suspended or fined or what that was. You know, obviously a different time. I mean, Robert Parrish punched Bill Lambert in the face and didn't get didn't miss a game.
2: <laughs> so And Peter McNabb actually held the guy down. It was so good.
1: So good. All right. Anyway, so that was a good talk. I mean and also by the
2: way the Rask stuff I thought was good. Yeah, he's not a big fan of that. Not whole, a big or, fan of, of Rask. Plan. Well, I mean, it's, it's risky. I mean I, if the guy wants to play for nothing though, how could you turn that down?
1: But I think I think that there is an expectation that Tuka Rask is going to come back and be the best version of Tuka Rask. It's not realistic number 1. Who's he, this doctor by the way? What a hard-O drop that was. Oh, man. I, I know was, the doctors um, did oh, the surgery.
2: That was like a Fitzy.
1: Brian Kelly. But you know why? I know that. Because he did Mike Lowell's hip labrum surgery and Tim Thomas' hip labrum surgery. I am very well
2: educated. I'm very well versed in hip
1: labrum surgery. Do you
2: have inside scoop on this particular surgery? Like how is going to come back from it? Yeah. It's not easy. Slow process.
1: Yeah, it's not – I mean, you can remember when he came on. Was it this show he came on? Yeah. Yeah, and he
2: was – you know, ah, we think December, we
1: think January. Like, okay, but it's what version are you going to get
2: of them? Well, yeah, well, the team has rep- repeatedly said like February, March. It seems like their timeline is different. So, but Tuco, yeah, you're right was saying December.